I had a hat this morning, I'd take my hat off to you. You do a wonderful job. I would not want your job. I'm glad that I was born to man. And uh, I've never been in identity crisis in my life. I've always wanted to be a man. And uh, I'm thankful for that. Thankful for mothers who do an endless, endless job working every, every day. Can all the daddies give our mothers a good hand today? Praise God. Praise God. Amen. And uh, I would like to say to uh, uh, my mother, or I would like to mention my mother today, not here with us any longer. And if you still have your mother, I agree with Brother Duplessy. Uh, you want to be sure to uh, treat them very nice. And my mother's favorite statement was that you're going to miss me when I'm gone. And uh, she never spoke truer words. I do miss her every day. Mother's Day is a very difficult time, not only due to my mother being Mother's Day, but my mother died the Sunday before Mother's Day. And uh, so it brings back a lot of memories, a lot of sad memories and grief, but it also brings back a lot of good memories. And I'm thankful that I had a mother that raised me in the house of God that um, did not ask me if I wanted to go to church, but um, I was, like the guy said, said I was, I was on drugs when I was a child. I was drugged to church, drugged to school, drugged to different places that I need to be drugged to. And I am thankful here, and I, I am a result uh, today as a result of what my mother has instilled in me or did instill in me and the love of God that she transferred from herself and by her life and her example and uh, to my life and I am thankful for that I'd like to say to my mother-in-law happy mother's day to my mother-in-law better known as granny and a wonderful mother-in-law the great thing we have had a few conflicts in our our life together but not many. The great thing about my mother-in-law is she don't get in my business. And I'm thankful for that. And uh, she shows great support. And she, she sides with me uh, about 99% of the time because she knows I'm right. And uh, <laughs> I am thankful for that. She, she is a wonderful mother-in-law and a wonderful mother to this church for many, many years. Can everybody in there give Sister Duplessy a hand clap today? And to my last but not least, my wonderful wife. God has blessed me beyond uh, my greatest expectations of what married life should be. And uh, I am thankful for my wife today. Very godly lady and uh, does a wonderful job raising my children and a wonderful mother. And uh, she's a wonderful mother to me. The reason why I know she's a wonderful mother to me is because mamas tell you what to do and she does a good job at that. She doesn't get a lot of, uh, a lot of a show of support and uh, I'm not real obedient to her command, but I am thankful for my wife. And uh, she is a wonderful, wonderful woman. 
and a wonderful mother to this church. Can we give Sister Looper a hand today? If you would, stand with me. Let's turn to Genesis chapter number 3. I've got a very easy scripture for you today. Very easy to find. And uh, so the very first book of your Bible, turn about three pages and you should be there. Genesis chapter number 3. I'll be reading verses number 18 through 20. I want to try my best to give to you what I felt like the Lord has laid on my heart. And uh, I know today is Mother's Day. It's not a real spiritual time, I don't guess. And, um, but it is a good time to reflect on our appreciation to our mothers. And I want to tell you, men, as I look across this congregation, I see way too less flowers. Y'all need to do better next year. You say, oh, she don't want one. Buy it and put it in the refrigerator and see. If, you, if she doesn't wear it, you ought to have to buy it anyway. Amen. That's good preaching right there. Genesis chapter number 3, verse number 18, the Scripture says, Thorns also and thistles shall it bring forth to thee, and thou shalt eat the herbs of the field. In the sweat of thy face shalt thou Thou eat bread till thou return to the ground, for out of it wast thou taken. Dust thou art, and dust shalt thou return. Verse number 20. And Adam called his wife's name Eve, because she was the mother of all Living. Pay very close attention to that scripture. And Adam called his wife's name Eve because she was the mother of all living. Lord bless you for standing. You may be seated. There's a lot of question about how many people God created in the beginning. And uh, I guess it's good for di- for discussion, but far as I'm concerned, the Bible pretty much uh, settles it all because the Bible says because she was the mother of all living. So settle that discussion in your mind and in your heart today. I want to talk to you from this po- uh, this subject this morning: the difference makers, the difference makers. I believe that. There's a lot of difference makers in this place today. I want to read you some things that I, that I come across and I thought was quite entertaining and comical for a few moments. Um, about mothers, <clears throat> and uh, if you are a mother, uh, you would understand a lot of these things. Or if you live with a mother, you will understand a lot of these things. One says your feet stick to the kitchen floor and you get to where you don't even care. Another one says when kids are fighting, you threaten to lock them together inside a room until someone comes out bleeding. The third is you can't find your cordless phone, so you ask a friend to call 
and run around the house madly, following the sound, and you finally locate it downstairs in the laundry basket. Your idea of a good day is making it through the day without a child leaking bodily fluids on you. Your baby pacifier falls on the floor. You give it back after you suck the dirt off of it yourself because you're too busy to wash it. You're so desperate for adult conversation that you spill your guts to the telemarketer and he hangs up on you. This is my favorite of all time. This was my mother's favorite thing. Spit is your number one cleaning agent. You got something on your face. (laughs) You got something on the bottom of your shoe. (laughs) Doesn't matter where it's at. That mama's spit will take care of it. Uh, You can never go to the bathroom without someone screaming outside the door. You spend a half hour searching for your sunglasses, and your teenager looks and says, Mom, why don't you wear the ones you have pushed up on top of your head? You're out on a romantic dinner meal with your husband to enjoy some adult conversation when suddenly you you realize that you reached over And you started cutting up his steak for him. (laughs) Mothers get confused sometimes. I can remember my daddy always saying my mama taught school or run the school there, the Christian school at the church in Stuttgart. And he says, Shirley has a problem that when she comes home, she can't remember that she's home. She still thinks she's bossing those kids around. So it's hard to uh, to take uh, and get into a different gear sometimes. Today is Mother's Day. So we honor those women whose lives have made an internal difference. Maybe it was your mother who gave you birth, or maybe it was an aunt that had influence in your life. Maybe a sister or another dear woman who has changed your life for the better. So I ask you today, stop, take time out of your busy schedule to say thank you. And I would like to say thank you. I know my sister, my oldest sister, will be listening after their service this morning. But I would like to say thank you to my eldest sister who uh, helped raise me. She She is quite a bit older than I am, may I say. And uh, she took a lot of time with me. I can remember when her and her uh, husband-to-be were dating, and uh, he was trying to get everybody on their good side and on his good side. So he would try to butter me up. And so I always knew that she wouldn't let me go with them wherever they were going, but I knew that I could go talk to Billy, and he would say, Yeah, you know, he didn't want me to go. I understand now. And I understood that later in life, but he always allowed me to go. And um, they would threaten me. And I don't want to say a lot about that, but they would threaten me. And uh, so 
Uh, so I do appreciate them and appreciate the influence that she had in my life. And uh, Lord bless her today. I, I think I, I want to talk to you about, about some things of importance in life. And uh, I think there are some things that we should look at in life and, and never, I want the mothers today especially to never underestimate your job that you have. And uh, I know some mothers are, have to work in the public workplace, but if you're a mother at works or if you are a mother that stays home, and I know sometimes when you're filling out applications and stuff, they say, well, what's your occupation? Well, uh, some people reluctantly, well, I don't do anything. No, you do do a lot of things. And uh, we are grateful for that, so don't ever underestimate your job. A mother's love is, is something that is simply amazing. There is, uh, there is, they say, now, I don't know, I'm a father and... And uh, I love my children, and I don't know how that I could possibly love uh, them any more than I do now. But for mamas who brought them into the world, they say that it's totally different. The reason why you can understand that it's different is that uh, when your child is sick, I believe in praying the prayer of faith and then going to bed. But a mama will stand there by the bedside or kneel down by the bedside or lay at the bedside and hold their head or hold their hand until they go to sleep. I can remember uh, years ago when I was a child and uh, I'd be sick and I would call for mom and daddy to come pray for me. And, and uh, mama would stay there saying, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Daddy's prayer was, oh, God, heal him. He'll be all right in the morning. And uh, so... So mama's love is a little bit different. One way to describe this, Lois Bundy, and uh, you may not recognize her name, but you would recognize her son's name, Ted Bundy, which was a murderer, a serial killer that murdered somewhere between 30 and 50 young ladies. His mother defended him until... I guess until right before his death because he started confessing to her of the horrible uh, things that he did. But the day that he was, uh, he was uh, put to death, she was standing by his side and the last words that she had to say to him was, You will always be my precious son. Now, someone who committed somewhere around 50 murders, how could a mother look and say that you will always be my precious son? A father would have a difficult time understanding that. A lot of us would have a difficult time wrapping our mind around that. But her being a mother always said, no matter what, you're still my son. A mother's Mothers are truly difference makers. I, I read uh, in the paper, I believe it was uh, Friday or, or maybe even yesterday morning, I read a terrible article in the newspaper about some children who were found in San Antonio. They found them outside in the yard. Uh, I think they were two and three years old, far as they could estimate 
They were chained with dog chains to uh, stobs in the yard. They did not know how long they had been there or how little they had had to eat because uh, someone who was unfit to be a mother brought them into the world and left them with a friend who staked them out like animals in a yard. It makes my heart hurt. As I read that article, I felt very sad. On the other hand, I felt very privileged to have the opportunity to have the mother and the ladies that I have had in my life that influenced me to the good and not the bad. I don't have a horrid story to go back and tell about my childhood because I had a mother who dared to be a difference maker. As we look into society today, we will find people who raised difference makers. I wonder, I wonder um, if they ever felt that truly there's something special in the child that I am holding. What was what was the uh, the atmosphere in the home? Was it normal? Was it abnormal? Did you know that? Uh, and, and all of us look at our children and we say, boy, I'm, I'm holding something real special right here. And I can remember my grandpa, of course, I was named after him. If anyone wants to know how I got the name Homer, which I have grown into it, it's not quite as odd at my age now. But when I was a teenager, I got made fun of a lot by the name Homer. But I was named after my mother's daddy. And he always said, son, you're going to be president one day with a name like Homer. And uh, I never did make it to that point. Of course, life's not over yet. I figure if Obama or Trump could, or Hillary could be elected president, why not me? And, uh, but <laughs> anyway, so uh, I, I, I wonder if there was anything in their mind or in their spirit that, that made them feel like, Man, this guy or this gal is going to really do something big one day. As I think about Henry Ford's mother, as she held him, was there a difference that he was going to change transportation in the world? He was going to make such a great impact. Some of these you might like, some of them you might not like, but it's just some that I picked off of my brain. But... But I wonder, I wonder if Martin Luther King Jr.'s mother ever looked at him as she was holding him as a young child and says, he is going to change the way things are. And I know some people may not agree with the lot that he did, but Martin Luther King had, had a dream and he's seen that dream fulfilled. And there's a lot of things that he'd done that I take my hat off to him because things needed to be changed from the way that they were. Now, I think people has taken it overboard, but he was definitely a difference maker in our world. I think, and I just, I just finished a book, uh, a few, a couple of months ago on Ronald Reagan. And I think when his mother was holding him, did she see someone that was going to be president of the United States, that was going to defeat communism, that was going to be a great part in tearing down the wall. I wonder if she ever felt that there, there was going to be something very special about this guy. I wonder if Margaret, Margaret Thatcher's 
uh, mother ever held her when she was a baby and said, you're going to be a great leader someday, that you're going to work together with the President of the United States and battle against communism and against uh, chemical warfare. I wonder if there was ever anything that indicated that 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 there was something special in each one of these children that I have made mention of. Now, we look at their story from this side of life, and we don't look at it from the other side of life of raising them, but I would dare to say that they back-talk their mother every once in a while. I would dare to say they smarted off uh, occasionally. I would dare to say that that they they got in trouble at school occasionally. I would dare to say that they'd done some things that they should not have done occasionally because they were normal children, but they were raised by people that influenced their life for the better. As I as I look at the scripture text that I have read this morning, as I look at the responsibility that Eve had. We know the story of Adam and Eve, how they fell in the garden and sin entered into the world. And uh, by, by one man's sin, sin totally overtook the world. And But the Scripture still gave her the distinction of being the mother of all. There was, there was a great responsibility, even though she had made a terrible terrible mistakes. I wonder in raising her children as we look, and she had Cain and she had Abel, if she ever tried to tell them, now, now look, sons, I did something that was terrible in the Garden of Eden. I wonder if she ever told them the story about the Garden of Eden. I wonder if she ever described how things were and how beautiful things were and how how pleasant things were. And, and, uh, now, now whatever you do, Cain, and whatever you do, Abel, you want to, you want to love God and you want to dedicate to God. But we find out that it was not too many years down the road that, that Cain slew Abel over jealousy. We find then in Genesis chapter four and verse 25, and 26, and Adam knew his wife again, and she bare a son. And they called his name Seth. For God said, for, for God said she had appointed me another seed instead of Abel, whom Cain slew. And to Seth, uh, to him also there were born sons. And then, you know, Eve went through a tragic, a tragic uh, life of falling, making a mistake, and then losing a son by the murder of her other son, and then losing that son. Can you imagine the heartache and the grief and the agony that she must have felt, the pain, the anguish that was there? But then was born Seth. And she said, God has rewarded me another son. And then said to him that was born sons. And he called the name of his son Enos. 
Then began men to call upon the name of the Lord. It was the third generation that, that began to call upon the name of the Lord. What influence Eve had in Seth's life showed up in Enos's life. Though men began to call upon the name of the Lord. Don't ever underestimate the influence that you have in your children's life. The school teacher will never influence them like you will influence them. The preacher will never influence them like you will influence them. Their friends will never influence them like you are able to influence them. But somewhere, some way, somehow, Eve began to influence Seth. And Seth began to influence his son. And when his son came on the scene, evidently he had great influence in his generation because men began to call upon the Lord. As I look in the Bible, I find many, many great heroes and many famous people uh, that is mentioned through the Word of God and what it must have been like to be the parents of those famous people. We look at what it must have been like. I want you mothers to go on a little trip with me just for a little bit. What it must have been like to be the mother of Noah, the man who saved the human race by building the ark. When God was ready to destroy the entire human race, Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. What it must have been like to be the mother of Noah, to know, son, you're going to build an ark one day. You think she ever knew that? Do you think she ever knew that Noah was going to live holy and righteous in a wicked generation? What it would have been like to be the mother of Abraham, the father of God's chosen people, Israel. The man who was known to be the friend of God. What it must have been like to be holding that little baby and rocking him in your arms and saying, Abram, one day God's got a mysterious plan for you. One day God is going to use you. What it must have been like to be the mother of the greatest king of all times, King David. As he was born into Jesse's home. See what's so amazing about this. Very few people in the Bible. It's ever even mentioned who their mother was. But their mothers had influence. A quiet influence in their life. Mothers, do you ever feel like you work all day? You work all night and you never get a compliment? You can say amen to that. You, you struggle all day and nobody ever appreciates what you do. You clean the house and nobody notices it. They only notice it when it's messed up. Y'all are sure quiet this morning. My goodness, everybody awake. Everybody lift your hands, lift your hands. Stretch real good. 
Some of you can't even hear that. Everybody lift your hands, stretch real good. Okay. Now y'all help me preach just a little while. But you know what it is to feel like no one ever compliments you? Wonder what it was to be Noah's mother. Wonder what it was to be Abraham's mother. Wonder what it was to be King David's mother. He's the king. He's the greatest king. He's God's king. He's a man after God's own heart. What it would have been like to be the mother of the man that was known to be a man after God's own heart. What it would have been like to be the mother of John the Baptist. The forerunner of Christ. What it would have been like. Now they knew something miraculous was going on. Because when it was told about the pregnancy that Mary had, John leaped within his mother's womb. I feel something different about this child. This is no ordinary man that I am going to bring forth. But what would it have been like holding John the Baptist, the forerunner of Christ, who said that I am come to be the forerunner. I must decrease and he must increase. What it must have been like to be Mary, the mother of Jesus. Can you imagine? Now these other mothers did not have a a lot of knowledge about who they were carrying. But can you imagine? Mary was overshadowed by the Holy Ghost and conceived. And that which was in her was holy. Can you imagine laying in that manger as she looks at that baby and says this baby is going to change the entire world. What it would have been like as he was growing up fixing his lunch and sending him off to school. Can you imagine that, mamas? You're the mother of Jesus Christ, the Christ. And there he comes in. Hello, mama. How you been doing today? The Savior of the entire world calls you mother. What it must have been like watching him grow up, watching him play, watching him work with his father in the, in the carpenter business. Watching every move that he makes only when he is 12 years old to be on your way home from the temple and you look around and there is no Jesus. And you look around and say, where is he at? And when you finally go back and discover he is there discovering, discussing the scripture with the scholars of that time. And he says, where have you been? And he says, Did you not know that I would be about my father's business? What an amazing thing to be the mother of Jesus Christ. What would it have been like to be the mother of the great Apostle Peter? The one who Jesus picked on the seashore to follow him and eventually told him, Peter... I'm going to give to you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. 
What would it have been like to be the mother of the man that says, Whom do men say that I am? And Peter stood up and he said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus would look at him and said, Blessed art thou, Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto you, but my Father which is in heaven. The one who had the revelation of who Jesus really was. What it would have been like to be the mother of the man who stood up on the day of Pentecost when they asked, What shall we do? And he said, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of your sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And with many other words that he expound and explain unto them, Save yourself from this wicked and untoward generation. The man that laid out the New Testament plan of salvation that is still in working today, that is still of a necessity today, that is still of almost of most importance today. I come to tell you today, if you have not followed that plan of salvation, you need to repent, you need to be baptized in Jesus' name, and you need to be filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. What it must have been like to be the mother of Peter. What it must have been like to be the mother of the great missionary Apostle Paul. What it must have been like to be the mother of the man who wrote the majority of the New Testament letters to the churches. What it must have been like to be the mother of the man who stood on Mars Hill. What it must have been like to be the mother of a long-winded preacher that preached someone to sleep and they fell out of the window, broke their neck, and then prayed the prayer of faith and God raised him up. What it must have been like to be the mother of the one that was with Silas in jail and began to sing praises unto God. And had the very first jailhouse rock. And God opened the jailhouse doors. What it must have been like to be the mother of the great missionary Apostle Paul. I would dare to say that being their mother was pretty, pretty much about the same as you being a mother today. Noah cried just like your baby cries. Abraham whined and complained just like your child would whine and complain. David was out in left field a lot of times just like your child is out in left field. David was probably... Out, didn't give his mama a lot of attention. Abraham probably didn't give his mama a lot of attention. Noah probably the same. Normal children, normal teenagers. The great apostle Peter, just a normal teenager. A normal child going to school. A normal child doing what normal childs do. Playing in the street, playing in the yard. 
getting dirty. The great apostle Paul, now, just like any other child would be going through childhood. Now I want to talk to you today about your job and the importance of your job. Let's talk about your children. Let's talk about what your children will become. You do not know. I want you to look at the one sitting next to you. I want you to find your child today or your children and look at them. I want you to study them. I want you to really discover them. I want you to really try to understand them. I want you to really pay attention to them because they could be the next great preacher. They could be the next great missionary. They could be the next great preacher's wife. They could be the next great song leader. They could be the next great Sunday school teacher. They could be the next one to really make a difference in their society. We look and we play on the terms of how society has deteriorated. How society has taken a step back. And everybody wants to complain about the younger generation. And their styles and their music and their attitudes and, and uh, the things that they do. They don't work. They want to sleep all day. All they want to do is play video games. All they want to do is lay out of school. They, they have no respect. They don't understand anything. They're not paying attention to what I say. They're not doing what I say. They don't hear me. They don't understand me. We always complain about them, but I want to tell you where it starts. It all starts at home. There is a responsibility of difference makers that must play a critical part in each and every child's life. A child is not something that is self-sufficient. A child is not something that is able to provide for themselves. But every child needs a mother. Every child needs a godly mother. Every child needs a spiritual mother. Every child needs a loving mother. Every child needs a caring mother. But of course, I come to tell you today, there is no telling who you are holding in your arms today. There is no telling what these young people will become one day because there are men and women, and especially women who I'm talking to today, that are difference makers that says, hey, I'm not raising just the ordinary run-of-the-mill child. I'm not raising somebody to sit on the back and in the back and be a follower. I'm not raising someone to go with the stream. I'm not raising someone to do whatever the professor says must be done. I'm not raising someone to go with everyday society and the flow of everyday life. But I'm raising somebody that's going to stand up and make a difference. I come to tell you, mothers, don't take lightly your job. Don't take lightly your responsibility. Don't take lightly what God has called you to do because you are a difference maker to the next generation. 
Hallelujah. Amen. There is no way to know God's plan and God's will for the child that you are caring for. I don't believe that we were placed in this world to destroy the world. I don't believe that we were placed here just to breathe God's clean, lovely air and then go on through life without leaving a mark and making a difference. I'm reminded of one called Tillman. He was a football player, had a life of luxury set before him. He was not the best, but he certainly was not the worst. He was doing okay financially until one day his life changed when they struck the Twin Towers and they come crashing down. He said that he sat there wondering, somebody ought to do something about this. Somebody ought to do something. Somebody ought to find who did it. Somebody are to destroy the ones responsible for this. And then he said, after many days contemplating that and saying somebody ought to do something, he looked in the mirror and said, why not me? Why don't I do something about it? Instead of us sitting around complaining about somebody ought to do something, we ought to start putting our effort. Now, now some of us might be past the prime of life, We ought to start putting our effort into our children saying, Come on, son. I didn't fulfill every purpose that God has planned in my life. Come on, daughter. I didn't get just where I wanted to be in life. But I'm going to tell you, you don't have to do it like this. I'm raising you better than this. God's got a plan for you. Amen. Your child is not an idiot. It's not a dumbo. He's not a dingbat. She's not clueless. Amen. But they are prized possessions that God has placed in our hands. What I am calling for today is every mother in the house, make up in your mind. I am going to be a difference maker. I'm not raising somebody to go with the flow, but I'm raising someone to make a difference in this world. Hallelujah. We raise them to go to college. We raise them to try to make a living. We raise them to try to be successful. And I'm closer to being done than what you think if it had come to the music. We raise them to try to do what good in life they can possibly do. But do we ever see the real purpose of life? The purpose of life. And I, I wish that God would help everybody to increase and be wealthy and healthy and wise. But... The real purpose in life is to make a spiritual difference in people that we come in contact with. Raise them in the house of God. And you may not have been doing that to this point, but let it start today. Every mother in this house, you need to have your children in the house of God every time the church doors is open. Because the steps that you take, 
You look behind you and there's little feet that's following in the direction that you would go and following in the steps that you would take and making every move that you would make. Look, they're walking like mama. Look, they're talking like mama. Look, they're acting like mama. Look, they sound like mama. Look, they look like mama. Amen. I'm asking you mamas, please help us today. Help this society today. Help this world today. Wake up and take pride in the work that you have. Take pride in what God has placed in your hands and make a difference in this world. Some of you is not hearing me today. You're not understanding. Oh yeah, but that was, that was the mother of Abraham. That was the mother of John the Baptist. That was the mother of Apostle Paul. That was the mother, David, that was king. But see, what the difference was, it was just a mother of a child. Just a child that was born into the world. It was just a mother of a child that was born into the world. They had no promise of what it was going to become. They had no understanding of looking the future and hearing, seeing, yeah, on such and such date, Abraham's going to hear a call from God and he's going to start walking. On such and such date, Peter's going to be fishing what he was taught to do. And Jesus is going to come by and call him out of his ship and say, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. But they were ordinary people. So I want you to be very careful, mothers, on what you say. Because you could affect the next verbal beam. I want you to be very careful on how you act. Because you could affect the next CM duplicity. I want you to be very careful on where you go. How you worship, your faithfulness to God, and your commitment to God. Because you could be affecting and casting the die to the next Lambeth family. I want you to close your eyes with me right now. I want you to just, just for a moment, as every head's bowed and every eye's closed in this place, I want every mother in this house, if the kids are crying or fidgeting around, give them to your husband, give them to a neighbor. But I want every mother focused with me right now as you would close your eyes. I want you to envision just for a moment what your children or your child will become. I want you to think about what you want them to do. The success that you want them to have. What's the most important thing? What's the greatest thing? Where does things rank in life? 
And I want you to ask God to help you with your responsibilities today. I thank God for a godly mother that if it was not for her, I would not be here today. More ways than one. One is because my daddy would have killed me. Another, she prayed the demons of hell away from me. Because of a praying mother. I want every mother to stand up right now. Keep your eyes closed. Everybody just keep your eyes closed. Every mother stand up in this house. I want you just to reach out to God just for a moment. And ask God, God some way. I know you don't get a lot of respect for your duties. I know you don't get a lot of love for the extremes that you go to. Sometimes today is your day. We do appreciate you. Your children may not tell you now, but they will tell you in the future. Thank you, Mama, for caring. Thank you, Mama, for, for seeing after me. Thank you, Mama, for carrying me to church. Thank you, Mama, for the things that you've done for me. I want you now, mothers, just to ask God, God, you see the future. You know the beginning from the end. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 22 and 6, Train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. Ecclesiastes chapter 11 and verse number 5. And thou knowest not what is in the way of the Spirit. Nor how the bones do grow in the womb of her that is with the child. Even so thou knowest not the works of God who maketh all. I just feel this so strongly today. Some of you mothers today have not understood the work that God is working Because of your faithfulness and your commitment through your children. Things that you wanted to do, you cannot do, but God's going to work them through your children. Even so, thou knowest not the works of God that maketh all. We don't know the works of God. We can't understand the works of God. But there is great people in this house today. And there's greater people to come in this house today because there is mothers like you who are difference makers. I'd like us all to stand right now. Everybody lift your hands, lift your voice toward heaven and ask God for His help. Ask God for His touch. God help us today. What a responsibility. What a responsibility. Why don't we all just step out from where we're standing? Let's end this service around this front. Would you make your way to this front today? I want you to take serious your responsibility that God has placed in your life. Help us, Holy Ghost. God, help these mothers in this place today. Give us a vision. Give us a dream. Give us a desire. 
God, where we'll know the work that you have called us to do is so important. To do your will. To be what you would have us to be. Hallelujah. To raise the next generation. That men will call upon the name of the Lord. I'm going to Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. What a responsibility today, ladies. I want to be the person God wants me to be where I can transfer that spirit to the next generation. I want to be careful what I do because there's little feet that's following me. Hallelujah. I could never. Hallelujah. 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 Help us today.